Welcome to the White Man Can Jump podcast. This is your host, John Whited. Join, joining me today are two of my good friends. One, my buddy from high school and backcourt teammate, Darren Freeman. How you doing, Free? I'm good, man. I'm good. Glad to be here today. Everything good in VB? You know, as good as it can be, as good as I can make it. <laughs> that's, that's all you can do. You gotta, you gotta make it happen, you know, sometimes. Yeah, I I kept going back and forth in my mind if I should be in L.A. this weekend or not. And I figured, you know, it's too, too crowded for me this weekend. <laughs> too crowded? All right, that's fair. Uh, and then joining us again, our most con- consistent host here, or guest here, uh, Andrew Brownlee. How you doing, Brownlee? Doing well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about the NBA and probably the most exciting part of the NBA until we get to the playoffs being trade season. Yeah, and uh, before we jump into the trade deadline, we were contemplating before the show um, whether or not we should mention LeBron James, give him some credit for passing uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the all-time leading scorer in the playoffs and regular season combined. Um, and, you know, I, I, I read a tweet somewhere that we – you know, build up Steph Curry's three-point record for two weeks leading up to it actually happening, and nobody really said anything about this, and I think that's a pretty good point. Like, this is a pretty pretty significant record, I'd say. Like, adding the playoffs is kind of weird, but it also makes it more significant, I think. Yeah, I mean, I... Big numbers. Big numbers, and while I was watching the game, Van Gundy made a great point of saying... LeBron James, all-time leader in scoring, and it's not even what he does best on the basketball court. Yeah, that's so true. Dwayne Wade tweeted that out, too. Something similar. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's so true. He's just – that's how good he is. <laughs> uh, he's been yeah, I mean, that good the, at every level. I know we're, we're moving more and more towards advanced stats uh, in the NBA, but counting stats still matter, especially – so I think this especially underscores one of LeBron's biggest skills. Like Brady just said, scoring isn't his, but maybe his best skill is being just like consistently elite for almost 20 years now. Um, and I think that's something no other player has ever been as good at. You know, maybe Kareem. Kareem's the closest, um, yeah. But it's insane that LeBron is still playing. This good at thirty seven. Yeah, he. I don't know how long he'll be able to go, but I mean, I would just, I just don't like to doubt LeBron in general. Um, you know, people ask about this Lakers team; they look like crap. So, especially they didn't do anything at the trade deadline. I would say they're probably not going to do anything in the playoffs. But LeBron and Anthony Davis are playing well. Like maybe they can figure something out, win a series or something. I don't think they're going to make the playoff, the finals, but. Um, I mean, it's not his fault they suck this year. I mean, he's doing everything he can, having one of his best seasons. I think he's leading the league in scoring now, um, which he's only done once in his career, which goes to his point that he's he's not a, conscor- he's not a great scorer, but he's consistently – well, he is a great scorer, but he's not, like, the best scorer, and he hasn't been for most of his career, but he's been consistently, you know, 27 points every year. Um which is generally good for like third to fifth in the league probably. Um, and that's just where he comes in, just like he comes in at 
27, 7, and 7 every night. Like, that's what he does. So, um, he's just, I will probably never see a career quite like his. Um, and especially when you have all the hype that he had before leading up to all this and living up to all that's pretty awesome as well. Agreed. Give him the roses because we don't know how much longer it's going to last. Yeah. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought this Lakers stint would go a little differently than it has so far. I mean, they got one championship out of it, which is, you know, nice. But, like, other than that, it's gone completely against the plan. So, um, but I don't think – I think at this point he's just worried about – he knows that if he accumulates enough stats, he has maybe enough championships and stuff like that that he doesn't need to get any more. The you know for people to think he's the best, and then just making sure he stays healthy enough to uh, wait on Bronny to make it. <laughs> so everyone just acts like this kid's gonna be in the NBA like in like two years. Like, I, is he that good? He's like six foot one. Here, here's what I'll here's what I'll ask you. If, Can he still get the NBA? Somebody, yes, I get. I get what you're saying, but no, I'm asking you for on on a mercenary one year contract, even two years from now. Would you draft somebody? Let's even say there's no <laughs> third round. Let's say he's a third round draft pick. <laughs> would you draft him in the in the first round? If LeBron James came with him. LeBron James, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, that would be cool. Um, Go ahead. I just uh, that'd be interesting. I just, I just don't know how like people act like he's just that that good, and I just I've never seen any evidence that he's like that great. Like he's a good like he should be a good college player, but like it's not like a shoe in that he's going to be like the number one overall pick or anything like that. No. No, not at all. I'll he's where he's at right now to like Gary Payton. He had to like go through the gauntlet of the G League to find himself a home. And I yeah. feel like that's a brawny sort of skill set where you can make it, but you're just not jumping off the charts right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's kinda how I always thought of it. He didn't look like he was that athletic, you know, for someone his height, you need to be super athletic to stand out. And uh, he looked like every highlight I've seen has made him look good and stuff like that. But just I just didn't know exactly how good he was compared to what people said he would. But let's uh, dive into these trades here. The first trade we'll talk about here. Uh, we'll do a little round robin and choose um, next trade to talk about. The first trade, the most obvious one, is the Harden trade. So Sixers get Harden and Millsap. Um, the Nets get Simmons, Curry, Drummond, uh, 2022 first and 2027 first. Um, so what, what are your initial thoughts of the trade? I mean, I think the, the Nets, you know, was waiting to trade Simmons. Was it worth all that? Free? And I love it. <laughs> Just because... I couldn't stand this version of the Nets. Yeah. I, I'm really a fan of wanting great players 
to have to be consistently great. We just talked about LeBron, and I feel like while he has had some elite-level teammates, in those moments, he still has to play as the best version of LeBron James for him to win a championship. Yeah. And that wasn't true with the Steph Curry Warriors, and I don't think, even though it didn't happen with these Nets, I don't think they ever really got to have everybody together. But if Harden plays like the MVP he is and KD does and Kyrie is playing like the finals MVP could be, there shouldn't be any question. And I'm like, I want to really have to see what KD was doing against PJ Tucker and the Bucks and all. Like, that's who I want to watch. Yeah. I mean, part of it's... Uh... You know, just Irving, you still don't know when he's going to play. I mean, I guess you do know when he's going to play, just sporadically. Um, I heard a good point recently. It's like the Bucks do not want to get home court advantage. They want to be on the road <laughs> if they're going to continue with this with Kyrie Irving. Um, that way you get four games with them rather than three games. And it makes sense. Um, it's not like the Nets have a great home crowd anyways. Um, so, but I, I think... I think this trade can be good for everyone involved. Um, you know, I, yeah, Seth Curry is not just a throw in the way he's been playing this year. That, it could really help the Nets. They, they could use some scoring right now. Um, some consistent shooting with uh, Joe Harris. Uh, looks like he's having his second surgery this season. So um, so I, I thought they got a pretty good haul. Um, I thought it was a pretty fair trade um, with the picks and everything. Uh, you know, 2027, who knows how good the, uh, the Sixers are going to be, but, you know, um, what'd you think about it, Brownlee? Yeah, I think you can say both teams should be happy from this, from the perspective that they probably both gave up a little more than they wanted to. From the Nets perspective, you know, James Harden, you just gave away this massive haul of picks and Jarrett Allen and Carousel Burt. Uh, for him two years ago, less than two years ago, and now you're swapping him around uh, for a guy who hasn't played basketball in you know a year and can't shoot outside the restricted area. Um, so you know when the Nets had an idea of who they were two or three years ago, it it's not this version definitely, and it's not a team that's on an 11 game losing streak in eighth place of the Eastern Conference. But I think it was a little bit of a desperation move from both teams. The Nets need to shake things up. They need to get uh, more shooting from Curry and then hope they can rehabilitate Simmons. And he gives them a little more uh, long-term stability as well, being younger and on a cheaper contract. So from that perspective, you like it for the Nets. You just mentioned you know, they want to keep... Uh, away court advantage, I guess, uh, because of Kyrie's situation. I mean, there's no chance they're going to get home court advantage anyway. They're so far down there, um, and they are playing awful. They really need KD KD to come back, but right now it's looking like they're going to be in the plan more likely than getting home court advantage. So I don't know that they need to worry about that. Uh, It's going to lead to a great first round of the playoffs in the East, at least. If we've got the Nets down there, maybe the Hawks can come up and grab a seed. Celtics are looking good. 
So I think I think we'll have a really fun time in the East. And from the 76ers side, you turned nothing into a former MVP who you hope can reach something near that. If they can get an all-NBA player out of an empty roster spot, uh, that's anything you could ask for to combine with Joel Embiid's just absolutely dominant season. Just had a 40-point triple-double last night. He's averaging like 35 points over the last 10 games or something like that. Yeah, He's crazy. an absolute monster, and uh, they needed to do what they could to help him out. And I think it just goes to show you, like, Trader Mori, he just knows how to get what he wants. And he wasn't going to settle for, you know, like 30 cents on the dollar. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty pretty fair trade, and it made sense. And you know, everyone's—I actually didn't think it was going to happen after all the build-up over it. Uh, I thought it was just going to just you know not end up coming through. I feel like a lot of the big trades just come out of nowhere, and you don't hear any hype about them. Um, you just get an alert on your phone, and you're like, "Holy shit!" Um, but this one happened, and uh, I think both teams are better for it. I don't know when Simmons is going to be back ready to play doesn't sound like he's been in that good of shape um from what i've been hearing but um who knows but you know that, like you said like the nets have like more dire situation to find themselves in a position to secede in the playoffs whether that's get the best seed in the playing game or get out of the playing game um but it they need all the help they can get. Now they don't have Harden for these games, and when Kyrie's not playing and KD's not quite back yet, I mean, you got some. You got to look for Cam Thomas to lead the lead the offense, or you know, you're gonna struggle to find points. So, um, they got to figure something out soon, like you were saying. So, um, hopefully this trade can uh, can spark them and and get get a. Uh, because we want to see the best basketball at the end of the season, and the Nets in their best um, form is some of the best basketball you can see. So whether it's with Harden or Simmons, so um, I'm just rooting for this version, and uh, and hopefully the Harden Harden and Embiid can be great together, and and you know they could be a threat in the playoffs as well. So um, I think it's a good trade for both teams, a good trade for the NBA. Good all around. So, um, free one. All right. So, ra- so rapid fire. Yeah. What? Um. These two superstars. Real quick, yes or no? Are they both still the guys that we think they are? First for Harden. Is Harden still James Harden? I don't or think he's he the same thing. I don't think he's the same thing as he used to be, but he's still really good. All right. I probably. would. I, I would say. He could be James Harden for the next year or two, but then it's going to get pretty ugly. Okay, and well, what we got on what we got on Simmons? I think. What well, do I don't. I never thought he was a shooter, though. Like, right? So, yeah. So just for what? Yeah, for, like he's the man, same he thing I thought he was. I, like, whether or not he comes back with what his confidence is like when he comes back, who knows? What that's like um, with all this talk of like mental health issues and stuff that they've had. Um, but I mean, he's still going to be a, the one of the best defenders in the league. Um, still a great passer, still super athletic. He didn't lose any of that stuff, and a lot of that doesn't even come with confidence. 
thing that comes with confidence the most is shooting. So like you'd really only be worried about his free throws because that's the only time he shoots. Um, so uh, I, I think he'll be fine. Like you know, like it's better that he didn't ever come back to Philadelphia when you know they're thinking about bringing him back. Like at the beginning of the season, it was like he would just he would have got destroyed and got you know all his confidence lost from the Philadelphia fans. So. Um, and he, he did have to give about $20 million or whatever it was to, uh, sit out this long. So I hope he's happy, um, getting out of there. Um, all right, Brownlee, what, um, Simmons still all-star flirting with all NBA? Uh, I don't think he's going to get to that. I, he's going to have a different role in the Nets organization, at least as soon as Katie is back. So I, I think he'll be more like third banana. I don't think he's going to get the recognition to get all-star level. Or maybe he'll be fringe all-star, not all-NBA. Got you. Um, Got it. So that's where I see him. What are your thoughts, Free? You ask the question now. Back at you. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, I'm, and I think I'm just going more off of emotion and I think um fans are fickle enough too where shoot they were talking about um as good as he's playing and as much as it's on my team like Tyler Hero or LaMelo Ball like being on the all-star team if Ben Simmons can't compete with people making sure they say hey is he more valuable to the Nets than LaMelo is like to try to make sure he stays in that conversation or he really is just a big version of a passer defender, kind of not three and D guy. So he, he can fall down pretty quick, but I think James Harden is going to be James until he says I'm done. So you think he's the same player that he was like when he was winning MVPs and stuff? I actually do. I mean, and I, I think, I think he just has been motivated, is, is what you think? Yeah, I, I really believe that. I mean, I, I, I that's definitely part of it. of doing everything. I mean, last year he played does. really well. I looked and I was like, is Harden even, like, I started, like, drinking the Kool-Aid of, like, and Harden's like that. And I look, and I feel like he's still. I mean, he's, yeah, he's over 10 assists. But. He's doing exactly. But, but they weren't always winning. It just wasn't. I don't know. Maybe they're just telling me a different story. I don't know. He's, like just, to to he's just but moody. He's when he's when he's in a good mood, he plays well. When he's not in a good mood, he doesn't play well. I no, mean, maybe he likes. I don't know the city of Philadelphia, and he's gonna be out of his mind. We'll have to watch and see. We'll see. So, all right, free. You pick the next trade. To talk about. I know we broke it down by trade, but can we just talk about an organization and they have a two for one? Go for it. I what are the wizards doing? <laughs> What's the like, second one? I know the first one. Well, cause I mean, you know, they got they got but also like why why trades? Like Oh wait, well, I'll give like, it to the early season Wizards. Granted, they lost that entire identity. <laughs> and they had to get rid of Dinwiddie, so 
I understand that, but liking what they were trying, and then I'm like, well, are y'all gonna waste Brad's whole life? I I need to know. So you thought? What did you think about the Porzingis trade, though? I I don't think Porzingis is like. Because they traded Dinwiddie and Bertans, it's like they traded two players who make Porzingis. Like, well, yeah, I mean, Bertans is a baby, baby Porzingis. He was, he was really doing a lot of what you expect Porzingis to do. Yeah, no, I mean, I would probably say rim protect just because he's got a few more inches. But yeah, I mean, it just. Uh... I, I don't really get it for the Mavs either. Um, that trade, the Dinwiddie trade, like they're stacked at point guard. They already have enough people handling the ball, Brunson anyways, with the, uh, Brunson and Doncic, and then Bertans is a terrible contract. So, and then the Wizards, like, yeah, Porzingis isn't a good contract, but at least he's a good player. Bertans is not a good contract, and he's just not a good player too. Like, there's a difference. Like, you can be a good player on a bad contract, right? Like, mm-hmm. Andrew Wiggins last year was a good player on a bad contract. Now he's, like, almost playing up to the contract, so you can't really say that anymore. <laughs> but um, I-, I thought it was a pretty good pretty good move by the Wiz. Like, I- just why not? Um, yeah, I don't I – don't, everyone acts like Montrezl Harrell, like, sucks. Um, I feel like when it comes to, like – the contracts he's gotten in the last couple of years, the trades that he's been involved in. Um, and, I mean, he, he can score. Uh, he definitely has his defensive liabilities, um, which in, a lot of times in the playoffs cause him not to play, which is maybe a huge thing that people consider in these trades is can you play him in the playoffs? And that, that that's Oh, yeah, that's exactly what the Wizards are thinking about. <laughs> well, all right, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. The Wizards... Wizards probably aren't on that level yet, but, um, but I mean, they, they, they couldn't have been happy with Dinwiddie and they're definitely up pissed about the Bertans contract. So they got away from stuff that they didn't really care about and got the best player in the trade. So I think they won the trade, I would say. What do you think, Brownlee? You're, you're a Wiz fan. Chime in. Yeah. As a Wizards fan, I, I get that. Trez is a useful player, but this team's going nowhere with Brad out for the season, and they assumed they weren't going to sign him again, so I think it's fine to not uh, bring him back and just get whatever you could. Admittedly, they got very little for him, uh, but still, get what you can out of that. Um, And then on the... uh, the Porzingis trade, yeah. Bertans is one of the worst <laughs> deals in the entire, like one of the worst contracts in the entire league. So if you were to just like trade him, you would have to attach a first to get anything for him. I have to believe that. And then Dinwiddie, in my mind, like he hasn't been playing well this season. He's still got like 30 some million dollars on his contract the next two years. Like that's at best a like non-value contract so i unless the mavs literally view porzingis as a negative contract which maybe they do but they're the ones that gave up 
the best player and gave up draft assets for two, like, one bad and one mediocre player. Like, I, I don't get it from the mass point of view at all. Yeah, I mean, I get one to get rid of Porzingis, um, but, like, they got nothing for him. Uh, and I, I look at it. Um, I mean, Bertans might be good playing next to Luca just because it'd be able to spot up. Um, but, I mean, he's still, that's all he can do. Um, there's nothing else he can do out on the floor for you. So, I know we talked about how, you know, the backcourt's pretty well set in, um, in Dallas. So, uh, yeah, I don't get it either. Yeah, it is uh, uh huh, mystifying. Does that give my give me some WNBA credit there? <laughs> Trying to bring the misses into it, but um, no, nah, I I feel what y'all are saying, especially I guess from the Wizards, is that they want to trade. They got rid of things they didn't want. Got something that they could want. I guess my bigger question towards them is: Yes, they won that trade. But are they going somewhere? And we could real quick say say what we think about that and then move on to the next one. But that's what I was kind of thinking. Like, is this say, okay, now we got presents, we can do something with that later on? Or like, they didn't trade for a bunch of draft. But like, it's like, I think they can play for the playing game. That's what I think. When they have Bradley Beal back. Brownlee? Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know what the hell the Wizards are doing either. <laughs> I, I just wanted like, to make sure I wasn't crazy. That's why I asked you, because I didn't know, and I didn't want to be, like, the dumb guy. So I was like, let me ask and see if somebody else knows. But you don't know, so I'm good now. You can pick a new trade. I mean, if I, I do not want, like, not to be worth $250 million over the next five years. But... Like, they don't have any other option besides offering the contract. So, it's uh, infuriating. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Exactly. Yeah. All right. You want to pick the next trade? Yeah. Uh, I will go with the Sabonis trade. I feel like this was ridiculed uh, by the internet the Kings when it first happened uh, trading away Halberton who's in the second year of his rookie contracts who has shown you know he can lead an offense on his own uh, he is a, a pretty strong scorer playmaker um, and he's 21 years old uh, so a lot of people are viewing that as a huge negative on the part of the Kings and just Kings being Kings, essentially, um, in a negative connotation, not in a positive connotation. Um, but they did get Sponus back, and Sponus at the moment is the best player in this deal. Uh, and even if the Kings are you know, never going to win a championship and they're always going to be mediocre, just like the Wizards, essentially, or... Yeah. I mean, he's still like they're doing something. They've looked pretty good the last two games with Sabonis in the lineup. So uh, 
just for like at least the Kings got good players instead of signing. Yeah, they like, got the best player in the deal, so. Sauce Castillo and stuff like that. Like I, I think you have to at least give them that that they are doing something, and it might not be a good something, but they did something. Well, no, and it made them better. They. If you go back to when Halliburton was drafted, everybody was like, how will this work? You have De'Aaron Fox. Like, they were kind of criticized in that moment for taking him, even though people knew they were like, all right, you're taking the best available. And what they've done now is taking that best available and turn it into an all-star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I... I I think he's really good. Uh, I don't know that it'll ever be as good as the bonuses right now, though. Um, I think that's about the level he'll get to. Like, I think that's a good projection for his career. Like, borderline all-star for, you know, the prime of his career. Um, And then, you know, Buddy Heald, you know, they're not trying to win this year, I guess. Um, Buddy Heald is, is his contract up after this year, I guess. Um, Even if not, you can find another buddy heal. Yeah, yeah, just a shooter. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, uh, you know, I, I would have rather not given up Halliburton if I could have, but to get us someone as good as Sabonis, you're going to have to give up something pretty good or a uh, heavy pick package. And um, they, they didn't give up really any picks in this deal. So, um, yeah, I think it just kind of the way the cookie crumbles, so to speak. But, um, you know, I don't mind them just, you know, mixing it up because it just hasn't been working. So doing something different, I think I also just appreciate that part of it. Um, So, um, you know, I don't think the Kings will be any better, to be honest with you. Um, But that's just because they're the Kings, not because they made a bad trade necessarily. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone got anything else? Does the logo does the yeah. logo make you automatically lose, or is it just the West is that tough? What's that? The West? Like, yeah, does them being the Kings just make them automatically stuck at ten, or is it the fact that the West is just actually that competitive? And I mean, it's been part of it the last few years, but like, you know, they haven't like snuck in there anywhere to like you know, one year to be any good, um, make the playoffs. So, um, they, they, I don't give them any credit. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't imagine being a fan of that team, but I've never been to Sacramento. So I, I don't know. That's the only team they have. So yeah, that's the only team they have too. So like you think people would care about it, but I, I don't feel like they have anything. You know, like, I feel like they don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like they don't, but you think Zach they should. Let, it, let us know. Let us know how much love you have for the game. <laughs> yeah, please get back to us, all of our fans in Sacktown. So many. <laughs> um, I mean, it's probably the same amount. <laughs> probably is. Um, all right, I'll get to the other big trade that came a couple days early. I think it was on Tuesday. was a C.J. McCollum trade. So the Pelicans get C.J. McCollum. Larry Nance Jr. is out for the season. 
and Tony Snell. The Blazers get Josh Hart, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, a fellow Hokie there. Uh, Tomas Sadoransky, um, Didi Lazuda. Not sure who that is, but got to give him a shout-out. Uh, 22 protected first-rounder, 2026 and 2027 second-rounders. Um, so, you know, the Pelicans dipped a little bit in their trade treasure chest and uh, were able to get C.J. McCollum, who there's been trade rumors about for years. Um, so what are your thoughts here on the trade? I mean, the Pelicans are kind of in limbo now with, um, you know, Zion, you know, doesn't look like he's probably going to play at all this year. Um, whether or not he'll ever be completely healthy is a big question mark you have there. So what are your thoughts on trying to bring another star to play with him uh, free? I mean, it's something that I'm happy the Pelicans are kind of like what we were talking about before with the Kings. Like, they're, they're trying. They're, they're making an effort. Like, they're stuck, I think, at like that 10 spot right now or something where they can, you know, battle for some play-in tournament opportunities. And that's also the best part for the Blazers because that protected pick, like, between, like, five, they'll get it if it's, like, lottery, but not top four. Yeah. So, so oh, they got better. Might play a little bit better not like they're going to go tank and get a top three pick and now you're not going to get what you just traded for. Yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. So I, th- I think it'll I think it'll be nice and I, I I hold out hope every day that somebody back and right I know since we saw him as a 16 year old and everybody you know, why is he 280 with the 95 inch we're like how is this going to sustain and as soon as we needed to see it for 82 games it was like nah you're not yeah and so I hope they figure out a way to get it back right you know maybe a sort of where it's like okay you got to deal with a little bit of getting the body right but once it's right it can do some you know amazing things yeah. So him, CJ, B.I., like, make yeah. it be fun. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a solid uh, top three there. Um, you know, they gave up Josh Hart's a great, great role player. It's, you know, tough to give him up. But when you get a player like CJ McCollum, I, I think, you know, you don't mind putting him in the deal. Um, you know, Nikhil Alexander-Walker's, you know, shown some promise as a scorer off the bench um, running the second team. So, um you know, the Blazers are, you know, not looking to win right now, and those players aren't necessarily going to help them do that. So um, it works in both ways that they can't help them in the future and and aren't helping them now, and they got some picks out of it. So I think I think it's a good trade for both sides. What do you think, Brownlee? Yeah, uh, I don't need it. Um, I think the issue for the Pelicans is you now have a very bad defense um, and it's again like a win now move when they're not even in the plan right now. I think or maybe they're just inside the plan. No, they're currently sitting at eleventh place. Uh, so like it's a win now move for a team that's going nowhere. Um, like giving up any sort of future asset to me 
hurts, especially for someone who's 31 or 32, that CJ is, and like you already have a bad defense, and this is just making it even worse. So, Elkins' perspective, I, I mean, the, I guess the point is show you can do something. I just don't know that the something is really like worth doing. But I mean, they got like I do think draft assets can be valuable. But let's look at it as a they're not getting Van Carroll, they're not getting Chet. That's not going to change what they're doing. And I think I would hope that they're smart enough to know that CJ's thirty-two or whatever he is. It's like all right, this is going to be his last three, and we're going to see how we compare them with what we have now and makes make something happen so we're not stuck here because right now i think they're stuck but they were stuck yeah yeah uh i i don't know that this unsticks them though i guess and that's i I guess yeah the point is you need zion no matter what to come back and actually do something so until that happens like everything else is just yeah does um do you guys think the Dame CJ thing in Portland, with CJ being like a real live like Robin to the Batman, and Ingram, do you think it changes his game in the position he's in now if they focus a little bit more on his skill sets and what what he's about instead of figuring out how he works with Dame? Do you think that'll help him any? This is helping CJ. Yeah. Yeah. Or or, was, or have we seen the best version of CJ we're ever going to see? Like the system or the players they bring there before was always, let's make sure Dame's good. And if this works for Dame and CJ... If it works for Dame, it'll work for CJ. Now, I think, in the position they're in, quote-unquote, win now, can they make moves even in the offseason? Are like, okay, this guy, we compare him with what CJ does, and da-da-da-da-da. Does that, do you think he'll get any better? Or is he kind of maxed out already? I think the problem is he's still, like, he's behind Ingram, and Zion, at least in terms of importance. Mm-hmm. So he's still not yep. going to be your, your top player. I mean, um, I, I think one thing about him, though, is, like, he's such a he, he's such a good scorer. Like, it comes so natural to him that, like, he doesn't need stuff to be run for him all the time to be an efficient scorer. Like, not many people can score like him. Um, like, I remember watching him at Lehigh. I was just like, this guy can score everywhere. Like, he can't defend it. Like, no matter how you defend him, he's going to get a good shot off because he's got every move in the bag. And, like, he does. So, like, he doesn't necessarily need um, every set to be run for him to get his points, which is which is nice to have on any team, um, an efficient score from the outside. So, uh, yeah, like you said, Brandon Ingram, McCollum, and a healthy Zion, like, I don't know, why not give it a shot? Like, better than – I mean, they've done – they've had all kinds of crazy trades – I mean, if you just go back and look at what's happened since the Anthony Davis trade and see all the trades that have been made, like, see what they turned from what 
into what um, it'd be pretty crazy, <laughs> but um, but I mean, yeah, like you said, like you know, some of it's also just like these GMs are human too. Like they they get fired for not doing a good job, and it's like they're like, if I don't do anything, like, like kind of like Free was saying, it's like if I don't do anything, like I'm going to get fired. If I if I make a trade and it starts to work out, like I got a chance, and like so, like some of it's just like self-preservation and like yeah just people like wanting to keep their jobs like a normal person um but um all right so okay here i guess got a couple more yeah hold up to this one like i was saying cj's highest scoring season was 23 okay do you think him being on this team gives him better chance? He could turn from to twenty eight. Is is he ever going to be that guy? No, That's no. kind of what I want. No, I mean okay. I don't think he will be on this team. Because you told me he can, he can score whenever he's one of the. I don't know if it's a situation where he can turn into. Yo, CJ is what game? That's what I want to know, and I don't think we. Yeah, I think I think to score that much, being a perimeter guy that doesn't. That's not as athletic as he is. You got to be a little bit better three point shooter than he is. Like, you have to score from volume from three. Um, which I mean, maybe he could. I mean, I wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. But uh, we just never see him do it. So, if mm-hmm. if if Brandon Mingram was on this team right now and we just got to see him, he might be able to average twenty eight a game because he'd be shooting a lot. But. Um, with a couple other scores, he probably, I don't think he would ever get quite that high. I, th- I think it would be debatable whether you get to 23 again, but um, we'll see. So, um, for you, you want to pick the next trade? we got a couple left that are worth talking about, and we can wrap up with some uh, Super Bowl predictions. No, yeah, let's, let's go to these uh, upstart has are they still upstart? I don't know. Are they or have they arrived now? You know they 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 might have arrived already. It's it's happened fast. You know, um, I predicted it before the season, and uh, Andrew laughed at me. And uh, you know, look who's laughing now. <laughs> I was I was wrong, very very wrong. But no, uh, yeah, the trade you're talking about. Get Levert in a 2022 second rounder for Rubio. Uh, 2022 lottery protected first rounder and two, uh, 22, <laughs> too many twos. Uh, yeah, 2022 second, se- second rounders. rounders. Yes, uh, two of those. Um, and so um, essentially, you know, the Cavs get another score in Levert. Um, Rubio, um, you know, wasn't wasn't doing wasn't getting his talent used like it could potentially be, and really they weren't utilizing him in a way that was beneficial for him or the team. So it, it made sense to move on from him. And and Levert, I mean, um, if you put him on the second second line potentially, or you can start him however you want to do it. But either way. Uh, it's a it's another playmaker that you got and takes some pressure off of Darius Garland to be making all the plays all the time. Yeah, Levert's been playing special for a little while now. It's hope it'll be cool, I think, to see him in another spot where you're like, is this the spot? 
and to watch how he performs, especially as the Cavs keep battling for positioning and seating to see what he can do in another uh, little spring-summer madness. Yeah. Yeah, I I liked it from the Cavs' perspective. Like, you're playing with house money right now, and no one besides John, obviously, expected you to be this good. Uh, and so if you're third in the East right now, you're a game or two out of first place, and you've got you know Rubio, who was helping you a lot in the beginning of the season, but he's not going to give you anything uh, with his injury. Like, you might as well fill that spot. And Levert's a good player, not a great player, but you don't need to you know go all in to get a great player here. Let's like keep the chemistry going. Let's keep the good times rolling. And just see what happens in the playoffs. So I like it from that perspective. They didn't give up too much. Uh, they gave up a first rounder, but uh, I mean, would have been in the twenties, right? Anyways, so yeah, I mean, right now, go for it. right now it's going to be pretty hot, pretty late. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, I think he's got a pretty good contract too. I think he's got a couple years left, so. If it works out there, like, you know, it could be a trade for more than just this year. Um, so I'm just kind of on the same time horizon as this team. Um, I guess he's kind of in his prime. So, you know, he could come up with this team and, and you know, be a leader. Um, and, and you know, they got a good nucleus there. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but I like that they actually went, went like you said, they didn't, they didn't go for the home run, which... Um, is is probably a good thing. You don't want to shake too much up there when everyone's as young as they are there. Um, but they were able to, I think, make their team better. So um, you know, that's all. That's all you can really ask for at the deadline. And and you know, the Cavs got something right. It seems like this year and and this trade deadline. You know, who would have thought uh, we'd see the day? But um, you know, but probably. You see any more trades on here that we're talking about um, in detail? Or otherwise, we can just run through them. Um, I did hear something interesting. So the um, the heat trade that like even Shams and Shams like didn't even care about it, and the Heat had to announce the trade themselves. Um, what I heard was happening in the background there is they were loosening up protections so that they could trade two uh, first-round picks this coming summer instead of being able to trade a single. So I think that's just, like, interesting from the perspective of, like, the Heat are always moving things around and putting themselves in a good position, and it seems like they're gearing up for this summer trying to add another piece to what is already, you know, top team, top team in the East right now, um, and potentially could get better come this summer. Yeah. That is interesting. Um, so we'll just roll through a couple of trades here, get some just quick thoughts. Just give me, you know, a couple of quick sentences and we'll get in and out on these last ones. And then we'll do Super Bowl picks and wrap it up. Um, so Norman Powell trade, uh, the Clippers, Get Norman Powell and Robert Covington, um, and the Blazers get Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, and a 2025 second rounder. 
uh, Brown, your quick thoughts on this. Oh, um, I honestly don't have a. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It's a, it's a weird uh, trade, right? I mean, like, here's, here's, here's the one thing I'll say is Eclipse have somehow been able to stay around 500, and this gives them two players who could be in a rotation in the playoffs. Yeah. If they can get Kawhi and PG back this year, they could be really dangerous. It's obviously a move looking towards the future, though. So I think, you know, 2022, 2023 clips could be really fun and really, really good. Yeah. Free, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I felt like it was a Clippers game away things that they probably weren't high on anyway for guys who are proven solid. Yeah, I mean, they got the best two players in the deal, I would say, and didn't have to go with a first-rounder. You know, Keon Johnson might be... Yeah, yeah, he's a good athlete. He might turn into something, but, I mean, at this point, I'd be willing to give him up in that trade. So, I mean, I think the Clippers won that one. Um... Another one, so Nikhil Alexander-Walker got traded again uh, to the Jazz with Juancho Hernan Gomez. Blazers get Joe Ingles, who's out for the season. Uh, Elijah Hughes in a second rounder. The Spurs get Tomas Sadoransky, who got traded for the second time in a second rounder. So, I mean, really here is with Joe Ingles out, you know, the Jazz are getting more scoring, um, whether it's off the bench, whether it's Alexander-Walker and Clarkson coming off the bench together, which would be a pretty dominant backcourt for a bench duo. Um, that you know, that's really it here. I mean, Jungle is no longer a Jazz player after so long, but he's a free agent, willing to sign anywhere after this. So, uh, who knows? He might be back on the Jazz next season. So, um, you guys got any other different thoughts on this, or anything you want to weigh in on? So eloquently put by yourself. I have nothing to add. To that. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was pretty well done. <laughs> yeah, I, I would just say, like, it kind of seems like the Jazz are accepting they aren't at the top of the pack. Like, this isn't a move that really shifts the needle too much. And maybe they're just seeing, like, Suns and Warriors uh, way above them. And even the Grizz and kind of just saying we're not at that point. We're not really to, we're not willing to uh, give up a lot to try to get there. Yeah. But do you? I think that's more because they think they are as good or as better than them. I think they feel like they don't want to change much. I think it's tough to say that when you're 11 games out of first place. <laughs> right. It, it's not the they're thinking result. Oh well, maybe if uh, or if we make sure Donovan playing at this level. Like I think they believe in what they have even if it hasn't shown that, all right, you give us seven games against any of the teams you just mentioned, and we're, we'll make it to the next round. I think they believe they're that good. Yeah, well, I don't think they are, but Donovan Mitchell... Are either. <laughs> Donovan, Mitchell can, <laughs> Donovan Mitchell can be the best player in just about any series. He's shown that. So, like, from that perspective, I like that for them, but um, I don't think they're quite that good, but, hey, they made a trade. I... They didn't really give up much for it, really, so um, why not, you know? And then 
Another trade here, an interesting trade. Uh, another player who's been sitting out, Gordon Dragic, to the Spurs with a 2022 first rounder from the Raptors for Thad Young, Drew Ebanks, and a 2022 second rounder from the Spurs. Um, what are your thoughts here? Uh, you know, they weren't getting literally anything from Dragic, so they're able to turn with Thad Young, good playmaker, and Drew Ebanks, I don't think is going to contribute too much, but um, they had to give up a first rounder in the process. Thoughts? Anyone? Anyone care about this? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the Raptors. Yeah, try. I mean, like you said, getting rid of Dragic. I'm, he probably had a few. He he was more more than one year, right? Uh, I don't remember how much he was, whether it was a year or not. Um, he got he was part of the uh, Lowry trade. Yeah, I so think, I think he's expiring. And I think the Spurs are going to buy him out. So they're just trading Thad Young for a first, essentially. Which, I mean, I get from the Spurs' perspective. Raptors, I'm not sure. I get it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Raptors, I, I would have just let it ride. Yeah, I'm on the same page there. All right, let's roll in a couple. Suns made a couple of quick trades. Um, might see some minutes in the playoffs. Torrey Craig and Cash to to the Pacers for Jalen Smith in 2022 second rounder. I mean, I think giving up on Jalen Smith this quickly is kind of crazy how they handled that. They didn't sign him to an extension this offseason. Um, but they do get Torrey Craig, who played some meaningful minutes for him last season. You guys got any other thoughts? Uh, I mean, I, I think it helps to try to build a dominant team up. And they're just moving around the edges, and I don't know that Troy Craig's going to do anything for them in the playoffs, but sure, why not? Basically, I agree with you. I don't get the Jalen Smith thing, but yeah, the team I, right now, I get the move. Yeah, for today, they weren't using sticks anyway, so why not and for somebody maybe in case we use? Yeah, right. Exactly. And they also acquired Aaron Holiday from the Wizards for cash, so I mean kind of the same thing maybe you could get some minutes out of him in the playoffs and why not you didn't even give up anyone for him so um now on to the abaca four team or the bucks get abaca two second rounders in cash um clippers get rodney hood simiojale banja marikovic if i'm pronouncing that correctly the kings get divincenzo josh jackson trey lyles david machinu and a second rounder, and the Pistons get Marvin Bagley Jr. Who, who do you think uh, won that trade quickly? Brownlee. Whoever had to, like, write ESP, <laughs> like, whoever <laughs> kept their job because they had to report this. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, pretty crazy trade for not that much impact. Yeah. I guess the Kings, like, I actually kind of like it for the Kings. Like, why not get DiVincenzo and you can give him an extension that the Bucks weren't going to give him. So, why not? Pistons makes no sense. Beckley seems like he's not a good player and they already have a massive... They already have enough not good players. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like it for the Bucks at Baca. I mean, it's just, uh, it's a backup for... I mean, he'll play like the same role as um, what's face Crazy Eyes does. Um, Cordis? Yeah. Um, 
they'll, they'll also have another body throughout there, which would be nice in the playoffs. So, I mean, I, I think I think it was nice for the Bucks. Didn't give up too, too much. I mean, Devin Chinja, you'd like to keep, but um, if, if this is the move that just puts them over the edge to win a championship, it's completely worth it, obviously. So, um, the Celtics made a couple trades here. Well, uh, they got Derek White from the Spurs for Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, uh, 2022 first rounder, and a 2028 first round pick swap. They also got Daniel Tice for Schroeder and his freedom and Bruno Fernando. Um, for you, what are your thoughts on these moves? I mean, <laughs> getting Daniel Tice back seemed pretty ridiculous. <laughs> right. And had to give up all when you could have had him back anyway. But that shows you that sometimes people fit and you don't realize like, oh, these players are the same, but they didn't get what they were getting out of Tice when he was there. Yeah. And then uh Josh Richardson's kind of fell off a little bit, so I think Derek White can help him, especially when they are some they always seem to need a spark. And I think Derek White does that. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought, you know, they needed a point guard. Like, Bill Simmons has been saying this for a while, that they need a point guard to just help initiate the offense and, and get them, you know, organized and everything like that rather than just have a go ISO ball with Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum. So, um, you know, hopefully, I don't I don't know if he's quite the point guard they're looking for. He's more of a combo guard, but maybe, maybe he can be just enough of a point guard that they need to – to get some production out of him. And um, and I, I don't think they gave up too much. Um, giving up a first-rounder for this year um, would probably be, you know, right near the lottery. So um, that's kind of a big asset of pick swap in 2028. I don't, I don't really mind that. That doesn't really mean anything to me. It's so far out there and most likely meaningless. So, um, you know, I, I, I still don't get the Daniel Tice trade. But, you know, Brownlee, you got any other thoughts? Uh, I mean, I wish they, at 2028, it kind of seems like it could be nothing, but then at the same point, like, what do we know is going to happen? In yeah, I mean, so, it's hard to concern it, yourself about it right now, is kind of my point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I agree with that. And the Celtics have been playing really well recently, so why not try to show up that team and see what happens? Yeah. Daniel Tice, like, I think that's, like, should he play at all? <laughs> but I guess they didn't up anything in that really so why not yeah so okay well i think that covers the deadline pretty much i mean after this i mean you guys still feel the suns are the favorites or what are your thoughts is change anything yeah i i'm the suns i'm happy because the two best players that got traded harden and sabonis like the teams that aren't going to compete with me, essentially. So, like the East is going to be kind of brutal to get out of. Suns don't have to worry about that. Um, you don't have to worry about Harden going to some West team that could do something crazy. But uh, and then Sabonis going to the Kings. Like, like I said, I kind of like it for the Kings, but they, let's be honest, they're not. The <laughs> anyway. It's unfortunate that the Kings were involved in that trade. Otherwise, yeah. it would have been a great trade. <laughs> exactly. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think the Suns are still the favorite. Uh, I think the Sixers raise their ceiling the most, um, turning nothing and a shooter and a backup center into a former MVP and All NBA player last year um, is pretty nice. So, um, so if he can get motivated and play like he's capable. Um, you know, I think they have just as good a chance as anyone to get out of the East. Like I said, it's going to be pretty tough um, at the end there. Even the first round uh, won't be too easy. It's kind of crazy to say after all these years, uh, the West has been so much tougher. So, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll leave you on some Super Bowl picks. So I believe the spread is minus four for the Rams. Brownlee, who you got? Give us a score, too. Uh, I... We'll take the Rams. Um, I just want to see Matt Stafford win one because I feel like he's been, you know, just languishing in Detroit for so long. Uh, I will not really honestly care who wins, though. Just hoping for a good game. That's my rooting interest. And I'll give a score of Rams 29, a little bit of a weird score, and Bengals 21. All right, free. Let's hear it. <coughs> um, Joe, Joe Cool, Joe Shiesty, he can, <laughs> He's covering that for sure. They do lose; they're only losing by three. Um, and the, the the Rams are just too stacked, and I don't like to see it. I want to see. I made this mistake when Curry was having his return from injury season. And him and Morant had to play for the play-in. And I was like, man, I love want to see Kurt. Nah, it's it's Morant time. He's the guy now. Joe's the guy. Let's get let's get him his uh, championship, his Lombardi. And uh, I will give you a score. Uh, I'm, I want to see people, you know, get, get buckets today. Let's go for <laughs> 31 No, McPherson's got to hit the game winner. Can I <laughs> yeah. give you a, a <laughs> That's a good point. I want a 31-30. I don't know how we're getting there, but that's what I want. All right. There's been some weird scores in the Super Bowl like the past few years, so, you know, anything can happen. Uh, I'm going I'm going Bengals and and Joe Burrow we trust, you know. Uh, I I think he might have to use a couple of the other receivers tonight um, with uh Jalen Ramsey on the other side there, but I'm going 27-24, uh, game-winning field goal as time expires for McPherson. Uh, what better way to end the playoffs um, than that? So, um, you know, now that football is over after today, we'll really dive into basketball, and we will be back um, here shortly. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Later, guys. Peace.